a little bit of butterflies. So you try to make that association for people, but it's difficult for people to make that association, believe it or not, but it is steady. Those of us that are spiritual and are aware of that dream or aware of that passion, that, that heart calling or that, that nudge, that intuitive nudge, there's a dream and there's a desire. I believe it desires you too, because we don't all have the same desire. Welcome to another Fire Discussion with Empire, where we share stories to elevate leaders. My name is Mimi, and I will be your host for today. I am honored to introduce our next guest. She's a trailblazer, the owner of La Clinique Moliere, and a healthcare hero. Please help me welcome the one and only Rachel. Rachel, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored. Thank you, Mimi. <laughs> oh, thank you. Now, I hesitated just because I do speak French like you do, and I so badly wanted to say Rachel instead of Rachel. Did I get it right? You and got it right, and you I know you do, and I'm open to Rachel Moliere as well, so please feel free. Well, I am excited yeah. to learn more about the background with the French. Absolutely. The French comes from, you know, my parents, immigrants from Haiti. They had to learn both French and also Haitian Creole. So okay. we are, that they kind of taught it to us growing up in our home as well. And so we, it was our, my first language. And then I had to learn English in school. So that's where the background of it, the origin. So obviously you speak French fluently. Yeah, well, it's more French Creole. And so, yes, I would say yes and no, but it's more French Creole. So, yeah. Oh, you, so I struggle sometimes where I'm afraid that I might lose my French Creole because I don't practice as much. Do you find yourself facing that struggle as well or not at all? You know, I do actually, um, but I, I love kind of, I travel as a healthcare professional. So I do run into a lot of clients that are either French from France or, or, you know, even French Creole or Haitian rather. And so I'm, I'm able to use it in my practice often. So that's, that's how I keep abreast. But yes, you're right. If you don't use it, you'll lose it. So <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself. You told us about your background a little bit, Haitian Creole. How would you describe yourself? Again, from South Miami, I come from, I did most of my undergraduate studies there. Um, and then I went on to do my master's um, studies in Miami as well. Um, I went on to do some travel professional work, healthcare professional work. And then I kind of settled in California where I do advanced practice there. Um, so that's a little bit about my background. Very good. Now, watching your site, we can see it, we can feel it, we can hear it. Your passion to give back in the for the for the healthcare industry and for just wellness in general. So, why, in your own words, did you pick this particular path? Why yeah. healthcare? Absolutely. And I think it's because my passion to increase awareness and improve quality of living. And that is my, that's my driver. Um, I've always, and again, well-being. So overall well-being, overall wellness, that's my driver. And just to as many people as I can. 2020 has been a tough year for many of us, but obviously your passion for healthcare started over a decade ago. Why do you think healthcare management is more important these days? 
Absolutely. I think 2020 during the COVID pandemic, it has illumined the health disparities and uh, certain populations. And I think more than ever, healthcare management is um, so important to minimize disease process, promote healing. There's a lot of people just simply sitting home. For example, uh, I I don't like talking about that, but I'm going to say it. So my friend actually died last year which was very tough. I used to talk to him all the time. Thank you. And it was just, I was busy. We were all busy in the middle of a pandemic. Um, that The power of human interaction, something that simple, that simple. vital. But it is, it's research-based and evidence-based, the human interaction also, even like babies in the NICU, they, if they don't have a, a, a touch, human touch, they can die, they can expire, or they their disease progress can progress and, and worsen. So believe it or not, even babies in the NICU, once yeah. they're born, they need that human interaction. So we also do too. Research shows it. Also, the sunlight research shows that too. So we were in the house. We were we weren't interacting with others. We were in the home, not getting sunlight therapy. We were set up for you know. So I'm sorry about your loss, but it, it's not it's not surprising. And the depression anxiety rate has skyrocketed. So thank you for taking the step and being bold. You know, emboldened to connect us again. I mean, I think it's so important so it's going to take a few of us like you and me to say let's get together we can overcome this the fear and anxiety will decrease your immune system response before covid will make you more susceptible to covid so it's starting with the fear starting with anxiety that's the big the first step i'm not in the healthcare industry but i always been passionate about it my mom joke about it all the time you're gonna come you're gonna become a doctor one day watch I'm like, no, mom, I hate blood. I'm not doing it. But I am so passionate about yes. nutrition, fitness, and how it's not just about what we eat. It's just, yeah. I joke about that all the time with my mom. I said, you know what? Yeah. And that was before the pandemic, by the way. Yeah. I told her, I said, I think stress is the number one killer. I don't think people are doing and- enough. I I don't think people are doing enough research about this because because I feel like when someone is sick and you add stress to it, it just gets 10 times worse. So as I listen to your channel, I'm like, drop the mic. There's what? You're kidding me? There's plenty of research on it. There's, we know stress induces inflammatory markers and chemical reaction. It is research and studied. It's there. People are just not making that association, the mind-body-spirit association. So sometimes you have to say, oh, well, what about the little flutters you're getting or then when you have, you know, you're seasick or when you're, anxi- when you're anxious before a presentation, you get a little bit of butterfly. So you try to make that association for people but it's difficult for people to make that association believe it or not but it is studied you consider yourself a super leader and why I do. I would say that I've always been a super leader, even when I didn't even know what a super leader was. I've taken charge roles when it wasn't assigned, when just nobody was available in the hospital, when we were short staffed. Um, they always looked to, for a leader. So I've taken on the role, even as a new grad. Um, also, I've been assigned multiple charge roles and um, leadership. And so I would definitely say that I'm a super leader. And then with my YouTube channel, like Clinique Moliere, I am able to increase awareness and promote quality of living through my um, influence on the channel. So I would say definitely a super leader. 
I'm glad you mentioned your YouTube channel. I watch, I watch almost every video. <laughs> I'm probably one of your super fans. Uh, <laughs> no, you are inspirational and it's just, it's just a dose of happiness. So I would highly recommend this to everyone to watch. That being said, what is the worst trait um, an influencer or even a healthcare leader can have? I know those two can be exclusive at the same time when you're leading and you have people watching. What is the worst trait you think a person can have? That's a great question. I think the worst trait a healthcare leader management can have is just that becoming desensitized um, and kind of, you know, in that routine practice or routine care. I think that, you know, evidence-based practice should guide our practice, but I don't think it should become routine. Um, it should become, it should be client-specific, patient-specific, or population, you know, specific if you're talking about YouTube. Um, but definitely if you're a healthcare provider, you want to provide cl patient-specific client care. So let's flip it as well. What is the one of the best traits you think a leader should have and and potentially you, you see lacking in the industry these days? Yeah, well, I think uh, uh, to flip that, I think the best trait to have is just the empathetic care, that empathetic, compassionate care. So if it's empathetic, it shouldn't ever become desensitized. So if you're caring for others as you put yourself in their shoes, then I think that that's one really great trait that um, healthcare leaders and healthcare providers and workers should always have and just it should be constantly be renewed and refreshed and I think that's really important okay I love that you know I watched the last piece you made about your failure in nursing school <laughs> I loved it because my sister as you know is a nurse as well and as I listen to you and I can see the similarities first of all I don't know how you guys do it <laughs> not even go to nursing school because I don't think I would have made it but it's just seen the passion and your persistency um just tell us a little bit of your childhood obviously we know nursing was your passion and you explained a little bit about your passion for nursing and how that came about and that persistency yeah. Well, I've I always found that I've been a little bit resilient. And I think, again, it has to do with my parents, immigrants from Haiti, watching their resilience and their hard work. Okay. And I've always want, I've always strived to exceed their, you know, accomplishments. I think that's where the resiliency comes in. But I definitely, that has made, shape my practice today, just kind of overcoming that failure. And so I think that's, that's what it was for me and overcoming the failure in nursing school, not not giving up and moving forward and again shapes my passion and drives me today with that being said what is the most important risk that you took and why well i would say it kind of piggybacks on the you know falling out of nursing school because the biggest risk I took was when I fell out of nursing school and I was told I'd never be a healthcare provider. I went back to nursing school to start over again. And so I think the biggest risk I took was to listen to my heart and follow within and go back to nursing school to, you know, accomplish my goal and dream. Very good. I know how you talk about listen to your guts and how that is so important. Um, you know, 2020 for me has been a tough year and I, I'm sure a lot of viewers can relate as well. How has 2020 shaped you 
or has it impacted you at all? Yes, actually, 2020, like you said, it has allowed me to go within that stillness, that, you know, quiet, you know, not being around a lot of friends, family, not being overworked. So we were kind of forced to slow down. And so I think that kind of shaped me and my practice, shaped my personal life and spiritual life as well. So I think I was able to listen within more and make the mind, body, spirit connection. And so I think that was what the impact 2020 had on me. I know you mentioned in one of your videos, failure is necessary ingredient to success. <laughs> I love that. You know, uh, I heard that different ways before, but it's just the way you said it as an ingredient to actually reach your goal. Explain a little bit more about that. Yes, um, I, I think there are so, so many components, Shell, you know, you have your hardships. Yeah along the way, along the journey. And so I would say just the, my financial hardships, um, you know, growing up in Miami, again, my parents, immigrants from Haiti. So financial hardships while trying to support myself through school. Um, I was just wondering if I'm on the right path. And, and so that led me to understand that failure is a necessary component of success. Who do you look up to for inspiration, especially during challenging times? I think I'm going to take it back to my parents and, you know, their resilience, you know, as immigrants and coming here and again, just wanting to exceed their accomplishments because they've worked so hard for everything they have. And I've watched that hard work um, pays off. So it has always been my biggest driver. You mentioned your parents a few times now. Just give us a little bit of background about them. I mean, are they were they nurses as well? You mentioned your passion for the healthcare industry. Give us a little bit of background about them. Were they their passion for healthcare just as much as yours? Yes, actually, I would highlight my mother. You know, she's no longer with us. She's transitioned since. I would honor her contribution to healthcare. She was just as passionate, even in her role as a certified nurse assistant. Um, so she assisted nurses, but she was so passionate with that. Uh, you know, providing high quality patient care in her, you know, her in her specialty. Very good. Um, I can see the passion started from <laughs> your parents yes. and also continuing. I, I love that. Um, what is one lesson that you hope that you learn early on? In my professional line of work and just in healthcare in general, just making that mind, body, spirit connection and that approach to healthcare. I think I wish I learned that much sooner, but I've had that in my approach for healthcare management much sooner. Um, but it's never too late. And I'm happy to incorporate that in my daily practice now. Now, how did you get that epiphany? For me, <laughs> 2020 really flipped my life and and I think I went to a zone where it was very dark and I literally had to pull myself out of it. And uh, so how did you get to that place, would you say? For yeah. me, it was that I had, a, I had a terrible relationship. 2020 flipped me upside down. Um, and I knew going up was the only way to go. <laughs> um, so with that being said, how did you find that epiphany? And how would you recommend for anyone trying to get to that place to feel that good, would you say? 
Sure, that's a good one. I think that my epiphany definitely stemmed from mourning and loss and with my the transitioning of my mother and then followed by the transitioning of my sister um, within the year of each other. I think that has really um, shaped my epiphany and um, so loss, mourning loss. I think for others who are trying to find that happy and that inner joy, my suggestion would be you don't have to experience loss and hurt in order to gain this um, spirituality. I think it's just daily practice, setting intention um, for the day and um, just making it a habit, making it um, more important than anything else first thing. Um, so that's what I think. Um, just you don't have to experience loss or hurt to get to this point. I think, if, again, if you make it an intention and that and stick with it. How do you merge your vision with your mission? Um, or do you think they are interconnected? But if not, how do you make that connection? How you pursue either your happiness or even your career goal? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually really believe in work-life balance. And so I'm, I pour into my spiritual practice, um, daily spiritual practice. And so I think that is a big contributor. Um, also, I marry the two by doing my YouTube channel and just my everyday healthcare practice. So I'm able to, again, tie in the mind, body, spirit connection and that approach to my healthcare. And then I'm able to educate and um, serve through my YouTube channel. So I get to mirror um, and, you know, those two. And then that, that would be my way that I mirror for people that takes time that takes a lot of emotional toll on you emotionally or physically or even otherwise how have you managed to do both both youtube and managing a clinic at the same time Yes, um, I would say that it's, again, so important to have that work-life balance where my biggest contributor would have to be my spiritual practice, my daily spiritual practice. If I didn't pour into gratitude, meditation, prayer, my affirmations in the morning, I don't think I'd be able to do both. Also, I believe, I'm a firm believer when you have found your passion, you really don't work another day in your life. And I have not been working for the past 10 years. Um, and so, because it's my passion, I really, I find it to be pretty manageable because, you know, again, I, I really do enjoy it, what I do. And so that's what I, that's my approach on it. Can you mention something about your desire is, your desire, desire is you. I remember that vividly. I love that say it's almost like you're attracting whatever you want you're gonna attract or it's attracting you. Just explain a little bit about that. Yeah. Because I know I listen and I and I loved it. Um just share a little bit of more background what you mean about that. Yeah, sure. I, I mean that that dream that was instilled in us for those of us that are spiritual and are aware of that dream or aware of that passion, that that heart calling or that that nudge, that intuitive nudge. There's a dream and there's a desire. I believe it desires you too because we don't all have the same desire. So um, it's it's safe to you know go after your dreams, go after your desires because they also desire you. 
food. So that's the approach um, I like to use um, when I rem remind my clients that, hey, you know, it's okay to go after what you want because we don't all want the same thing. Um, what would you say to anyone wanting to join the healthcare industry right now? Yeah, I would say there's always a demand. So we need you. Uh, we need compassionate, empathetic providers. Um, so I would say definitely if it's, if it's your passion, I would say follow your heart and that we need you. So I would say that it's a great, great time to join and be a part of the team with their nurse burnout and, you know, provider burnout. It'd be nice to get some more people that are passionate about the field on them and everything you've done so far what is one thing um either in your personal life you think it's so important for people to hear especially these days would you say i would say you know don't give up on you know your dream i would say definitely take the first step forward that the first thing you have to do is decide and decide what you want to do, decide what you want to be, decide what you want to have. And when you decide, take the first step and then, you know, allow the powers that be to, you know, guide you through the rest and kind of go downstream, you know, least resistance, you know, and again, just deciding. I think that would be the first thing to do and not to give up on their dreams. Next time. Okay, let's do it again. Yes. <laughs> Bye, Mimi. You're beautiful. Thank you. You are too. You. Have so a great day today. You do too. <laughs> Bye, Bye. Dava. <laughs>